0: Take your Bibles, please, together with me, your copy of the Word of God of 1 John chapter 4. 1 John chapter 4, we continue to go verse by verse through this book of the Bible together. We've got two verses this morning, just two. And I hope that your heart will be in tune with listening to the Lord today. 1 John chapter 4, we've arrived at verse number 17 together. 1 John 4, 17 The Bible says, herein is our love made perfect that we may have boldness in the day of judgment. Because as he is, so are we in this world. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casteth out fear, because fear hath torment he that feareth, is not made perfect in love. We're going to be preaching about boldness in the day of judgment as is found, that phrase, in verse 17. And there is coming a day of judgment, and God wants you to have boldness as you approach that day of judgment. Everybody does not have that. We'll find out how to have that this morning by the grace of God. He said in 17 that we may have boldness in the day of judgment. There's coming a day of judgment for you. A day. Now that day's not going to be the same for every individual. Would you take your Bible with me to Matthew chapter 10. Matthew chapter 10. The idea that some people have presented that God's going to have a day that he just judges all things. That's not true. There are very different days of judgment for different people, but mark it down, your day is coming. There's a day that you are going to be judged by God. You're not going to get around it. You're, you're not going to be able to stop it. You are not going to have an excuse for it. You're not going to be able to uh, lay out that day or skip it. There's coming a day that you and I, every person in this building, we are going to stand before God. God. And one of the reasons that we have church is to think about those things. Because as you live in the world and you go about your daily things of life, many times you don't think about the day of judgment. But you've got one. It's got your name written on it. And it'll just be you and God. It'll be you and the Lord. And you'll be judged by the Lord. And uh, it's not going to be any other way to deny anything or get out of anything. Because the Lord knows all about every one of us, you know. I mean, and it should, our verses are going to tell us that it doesn't have to strike fear in our hearts. Amen. But it should strike fear in some people's hearts if they don't follow the pattern that's listed here about how to have boldness in that day of judgment. What, what a fearful thing it would be for most to stand before the God that not only knows everything you've done, but everything you've thought, right. Knows everything from private to public, from the cradle To the grave, there's coming a day of judgment for you. And so the question is, are you ready for that day? I would say, I would think very soberly and clearly about this. I would say, no matter what your life is right now or how you're living it or what you're doing in your life, if you are not ready for that day, there's probably no other day that matters in your life. Because it's the day of judgment. A lot of people don't don't believe that. They don't think God is a judge, but God is judge. And He said that in His Word. Jesus Christ said that over and over again. But there are different days of judgment. There's a day of judgment for the church. Then there's a day of judgment for people that are lost. They've never been saved by the grace of God. There's a separate day of judgment for them. There's a, there's a, a time of judgment for Israel. Israel gets judged. They've not been judged yet. Their their judgment's coming right down the road. And then there's also a a judgment uh, for a day of judgment for the Gentile nations, for the nations of the... You understand that every nation will be judged by the Lord Jesus Christ one time, and He's going to bring them up before them. There's a day of judgment for everyone. There's a day of judgment for every nation. There's a day of judgment for you. Do you have boldness? Do you have confidence about that? Or are you a little worried about it? The Bible said in Matthew chapter 10, if you'd look there, Jesus said in Matthew chapter 10 and verse number 14 as he sent his disciples out to preach. Matthew 10, 14, and whosoever shall not receive you nor hear your words when you depart out of that house or city, shake off the dust of your feet. Verily, I say unto you, it shall be more tolerable for the land of Sodom and Gomorrah, watch it, in the day of judgment. Than for that city. So he says this. He says the day of judgment is going to be more severe. For people that did not listen to those preaching the words of Jesus. It's going to be more severe than what happened to Sodom and Gomorrah. When God judged Sodom and Gomorrah. You know what happened to Sodom and Gomorrah right? He said if you don't listen. To the words of Jesus Christ that he sends through his representatives, his preachers. He says, it's worse for you in the day of judgment than Sodom and Gomorrah. You know why? Jesus didn't preach in Sodom and Gomorrah. His disciples didn't preach in Sodom and Gomorrah. Would you look please, just turn a page over if you're in your Bible there. Matthew chapter 11. Matthew chapter 11, are you ready for the day of judgment? Do you have confidence? Are you afraid about it? Are you uneasy about it? You know, people as they live their life and they have a good time and do whatnot, and they sort of ignore some things that are important. But many times when they get alone, when they get alone in the quiet recess of the night, maybe when they go to bed or maybe they find themselves alone and things finally get quiet and there's no other noise out there. And they start thinking about eternity and they start thinking about the day they're going to meet God or the day they die. There's many times an unsettlingness in the heart. God doesn't want it to be that way, but that's the way it is for most people. And the reason that it is that way for most people is because verses like this. Jesus said this in Matthew 11. Matthew 11, verse number 20. Would you look at it? Then began he, that's Jesus, to upbraid the cities wherein most of his mighty works were done because they repented not. Are you looking at your Bible? They repented not. Woe unto thee, Chorazin. Woe unto thee, Bethsaida. For if the mighty works which were done in you had been done in Tyre and Sidon, they would have repented long ago in sackcloth and ashes. But I say unto you, it shall be more tolerable for Tyre and Sidon... Watch your Bible. At the day of judgment, then for you. 23. And thou, Capernaum, which are exalted unto heaven, shalt be brought down to hell. For if the mighty works which have been done in thee had been done in Sodom, it would have remained unto this day. But I say unto you that it shall be more tolerable for the land of Sodom in the day of judgment than for thee. Do you see that in your Bible? He said when you get judged on your day of judgment, your day is going to be worse than Sodom and Gomorrah's day. Now I tell you what, it's... If you're smart, if you've got a thinking cap on top of your head, you understand that you're living in a modern day Sodom and Gomorrah. We're living in that right now. The word Sodomite is a word that was coined because the Bible coined it. And the Bible says what God did to Sodom and Gomorrah because of their sodomy and because of their sin, the Bible said He set them forth as an example of those that will suffer the vengeance of eternal fire. In other words, what God did in Sodom and Gomorrah was to try to paint a picture for everybody about the day of judgment that's going to occur because of our sins. Now, this is what he says, though. He says to Capernaum, you know, I've I've been on that site in Israel. There was a beautiful synagogue there. Capernaum's right there uh, by the Sea of Galilee, a beautiful place. It was a very religious community. Bethsaida, these people where Jesus is doing all of His mighty works. It was a very tranquil place, a very religious place. There weren't, listen to me, there weren't sodomites running around. There weren't people aborting babies everywhere on the streets. There wasn't murder taking place all the time like it does every day in our cities. That wasn't happening in those those cities around the Sea of Galilee. It was a very tranquil place. Very quiet place. Very calm place. But you know what's true? Whether you're in those tranquil places, just living your religious life or your moral life, or you're in the hardcore city, or you find yourself in Sodom and Gomorrah where the most depraved things of man are happening every day. You know what's true about all of us? We're all sinners. And Jesus said this, the way I judge Sodom and Gomorrah and at the day of judgment, it's going to be easier for them than you because you have had more light than they had. You know, Americans, we've, we've got, you know there was no Bible in Sodom? They didn't have a Bible. You got a Bible. You know, there was no church in Sodom and Gomorrah but there are churches on every corner. Do you know, evidently, there were no preachers in Sodom. Lot should have been doing some of that, but we have no record that he was. Because when he tried to preach, everybody laughed at him, made fun of him. Which tells me he probably hadn't been doing much preaching up to then. They didn't have any preachers like we have. And yet we have had every blessing of God. We've had Bibles uh, every corner and churches on every corner and every house, around every house. We have preachers. We have had every light that God could give people. And the Bible says if you don't repent with all the knowledge that you have, your day of judgment is going to be worse than the day of judgment for Sodom and Gomorrah. Do you see that in your Bible? You see, some people think, well, you know, people are going to have a hard time at the Day of Judgment if it's just, you know, depending on how all the bad things they do. And if you had more bad things than I had bad things, then your Day of Judgment is going to be harder than my Day of Judgment. But that's not what Jesus said. Jesus said your Day of Judgment is going to be harder if you had more truth and did not respond to it. What a sobering thing to think. That's Matthew 11. Look at Matthew chapter 12. What about your day of judgment? How much truth do you know? How much opportunity have you been given to know what's right and wrong? And have you done anything about it? Have you repented of your sin? Have you repented of your sin? You are not ready for the day of judgment if you've not repented of your sin. That's the testimony that Jesus is saying here. There's no way to have boldness in the day. You ought to be nervous. You ought to go to bed scared. If you've not repented of your sin, because your day of judgment is going to be very harsh. We're going to read some more about it in just a second. If you don't repent. Because we all... Hey, we've all got something to repent of. Sinners are supposed to repent. He said in Matthew chapter 12, verse 36... We're talking about the day of judgment. But I say unto you that every idle word that men shall speak, they shall give account thereof in the day of judgment. You see that? Every idle word, every blasphemy, every lie, every deception, every dirty story, Every word he'll give an account of in the day of judgment. That ought to make a lot of people very nervous. Look at 2 Peter, would you? 2 Peter, we're turning in our Bibles, reading about this day of judgment. God gives us plenty of warning about it. And the good thing about God is, God, listen, God's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. God, God doesn't want you to fry like a sausage in hell. God God God's not trying to destroy you, He wants to save your life. God's not trying to bring you to the day of judgment unprepared or unready. He wants you to be ready. That's why He's giving us our verses today in 1 John. He wants you to have boldness. He wants you to be able to put your head down at night knowing that it's alright. That it's well with your soul. That there's nothing between you and the Savior. That if you were to stand before the judgment of God, the judgment bar of God, that it'd be alright. He wants you to know that. But most people have that do not have that knowledge. He said in 2 Peter chapter 2, in verse number 9, The Lord knoweth how to deliver the godly out of temptations, and to reserve the unjust unto the day of judgment to be punished. Look at 2 Peter chapter 3, just a page over. 2 Peter 3 verse 7. The Bible says, But the heavens and the earth which are now by the same word are kept in store, reserved unto fire, against the day of judgment and perdition of ungodly men. Don't be ignorant of your day of judgment. Don't live like it's not coming. You know, God even says He's going to judge those angels that sinned. It's not just men that God judges and nations that God judges. God's going to judge the angels that sin. He's got, though, he's got them in chains, the Bible says in the book of Jude, verse 6. He's got them in chains right now unto, un, under darkness unto the judgment of the great day. Even the angels have their day of judgment that have sinned. The Bible even tells the church, we who are saved by the grace of God, we should judge angels. They've got their day of judgment. Don't be ignorant of your day of judgment. And I'm here to tell you, I'm here to preach to you because when you, you're going to stand before there, uh, before God, and I don't want you to stand before God and be unprepared or be shocked or not know what's going to happen. You can get prepared right now today and have boldness going into the judgment. Amen. I'll never forget. Brother Hughes told that story about, about the police officer going to arrest him, take him into court, you know, because he's he, uh, driving so fast and reckless driving and all that. And, and he wasn't worried about it at all. Because you know what? He said, I knew the judge. Now you'd think somebody would be scared to death about going in the courtroom. Especially knowing that they're guilty. And, and, and he, he knew he was guilty. But it makes a difference if you know the judge. Now, the Bible says in our text. Would you go back to our text in 1 John? I'm going to give you three ways that you can have boldness in the day of judgment. How important would this be for everybody to listen to? <laughs> Knowing the judgment day's coming, coming. You know what I believe? I believe that a lot of people don't even believe in God. I believe a lot of people who carry a Bible don't even believe that Bible. Because that book says there's a day you're going to be judged. Well, if I really believe that, wouldn't I do something about it? Most people don't. The Bible says in 1 John chapter 4, He gives us the three things, the three ways that we can have boldness in that day of judgment. He said in 1 John chapter 4, verse number 17, Herein is our love made perfect that we may have boldness in the day of judgment. Because as He is, so are we in this world. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casteth out fear. Because fear hath torment, he that feareth is not made perfect in love. Now, this is what he said in these verses. He said, perfected love will bring boldness in the day of judgment. You see verse 17? Herein is our love made perfect, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment. So, if the love of God is perfected in your heart... You can have boldness in the day of judgment. You say, "Well, praise the Lord! I love God." Well, that's—I don't know about that, because love is not something we can do as human beings without God. Remember our verse right up, right up, just a few verses up from that, verse seven. Beloved, let us love one another for love is of God and everyone that loveth is born of God and knoweth God. You cannot love without being born of God. Are you born again? You know what he's been talking about here in chapter 4? He's talking about people who God dwells in and they dwell in God. He's talking about people that know they are children of God. They have been born into the family of God. We've all been born into the family of adam we're all born as sinners but you need a new birth and if you don't get a new birth you're not going to get any love in your life the day i got saved god put love in my heart because god is love man is not love god is love love is a characteristic of god he's got to put it in your heart that means this if you're not saved you don't even know what love is And most people think love is an emotion, a feeling, or goosebumps, or being nice to people. That's not what love is. Love is of God. Love is something to do with God's character. And what I'm telling you, perfect love will give you boldness in the day of judgment. But if you've never been born again, you don't have any love at all in you, let alone perfected love. Notice he didn't say if you've got love you'll have boldness in the day of judgment. He said perfect love perfect love. Herein is our love made perfect that we may have boldness in the day of judgment. Now let me tell you what this is talking about. This is talking about we. We. That's all these people in 1 John he's been talking to. These saved people. These born again people. These people that have repented of their sin and trusted Christ They're saved. We may have boldness in the day of judgment. Yes. Every saved person will stand before the judgment seat of Christ. Do you ever get bothered about that? Do you ever get worried about that? Are you concerned about that in your heart? Well one i know i'm saved but one day i'm gonna stand before jesus christ how can i have boldness when i stand before my savior some people don't even think that's a big deal the judgment seat of christ evidently it is here because god wants you to have boldness in that day and everybody doesn't have boldness every saved person doesn't have boldness in that day of judgment you know how i know that because chapter two said a lot of saved people when they meet jesus they're going to be ashamed They're not going to meet him with with a smile and gladness. They're saved people, but they're going to meet him ashamed. How can I meet Jesus as a saved person? With boldness. My love has to be perfected. How does my love get perfected? Look at verse 12. No man has seen God any time. If we love one another, God dwelleth in us, and his love is perfected in us. Do you see that? Now listen, I'm, I'm... Here's what I'm going to tell you. Preacher, I know I'm going to stand before the judgment seat of Christ. Help me out. How do, how do I know that will be a good day for me? I'm going to try to do my best and quit sinning. And, and you, ought, you ought to do that. I'm going to try to keep short accounts with God and try to confess my sins. Boy, you ought to do that. Because the Bible says when we stand before that judgment seat of Christ, He, he talks about uh, our works, whether they're good or bad, and, uh, and we're going to be tried by fire and all that. Our works will. We're going to be saved. We don't have a problem with that. But our life's going to be on trial. And we're going to stand before the Lord. How can I have boldness in that day? Because I know I'm an imperfect person. If your love is perfected, you can have boldness in the day of judgment. You want, you want me to tell you how uncomplicated maybe the judgment seat of Christ is going to be? If you as a saved person have lived your life loving God with all your heart and loving your brethren, you can have boldness going to the judgment seat of Christ. Because you see, he's not just looking at our lives. He's looking at the motive of our lives. He's looking at the heart of our life. But how few saved people have perfected love in their life. And they love the Lord more than they love their job. Or they love the Lord more than they love their family. Or they love the Lord more than they love their sin. Or they love the Lord more than they love the world. How many saved people really love Jesus above all things in their life How can I have boldness as a saved person knowing that I'm going to stand before the judgment seat of Christ if I love Jesus with all my heart? And I can all... You say, how do I know if I've done that? Because you can love His people with all your heart. Mark it down. If you don't love His people, you're not ready for the judgment seat of Christ. You better be as nervous, amen, as a cat on a hot tin roof. If you have a problem with your heart, with God's people, or if you have a problem with your heart, loving the Lord like you ought to, you ought to be as nervous as you could be if Jesus were to come today. I'm not talking about heaven and hell. I'm talking about meeting Him face to face, whether or not you're going to be ashamed or not. You know what? I... I'm praying Jesus to come. I'm I'm ready for Jesus to come. I want to see him. And when I see him, I I know I wish I'd I'd given him more. But I tell you what, right now, standing in these shoes right now, I'm ready for him to come. I'm ready to walk up to his feet. To his feet, amen. I don't I don't care about the rewards. I don't care about the treasures. I want to see Jesus. I want to love on him. I want to grab a hold of his feet and tell him how much he means to me. I've got boldness in that day of judgment because my eyes not on a prize and my my, my eyes aren't on heaven even and my, my my eyes aren't even on life. My eyes are on the one that loved me and gave himself for me. And I want to let him know in person how much I appreciate it. Do you have boldness in the day of judgment? We have boldness in the day of judgment if His love is perfected in us, the Bible said. Because there's no fear in love, He says. What does that mean? Verse 18, there's no fear in love. It means there's no fear of the judgment. In other words, if you love, one of the reasons people are afraid of the judgment is because they know they're not in love with the Lord. If you're in love with the Lord, you shouldn't you shouldn't be bothered. How, how can you have a a, a a a fearful relationship with somebody that that you're in love with, and that you know is in love with you? There's no fear in love. There's no fear about what about the day of judgment. There's no fear about the devil. You know, some people are scared to death of the devil. I, I said something I probably shouldn't have said the other night, it scared some people about about devils running around in the church attic and all that stuff. Well, devils run around everywhere. It's not just the church. attic. He's probably running around at your house somewhere. Amen, friend. Devils are everywhere. Oh, let's be scared of the devil. I'm not afraid of the devil. There's God's not giving me the spirit of fear. I love the Lord, and I know He loves me. I'm not worried about the devil. All I'm concerned about is Jesus. <laughs> I just don't want Him mad at me. I don't want Him upset at me. I don't want Him disappointed in me. There's no fear in love. I'm not scared of the devil. I'm not, I'm not scared to die. There's no, no fear in death. Not for somebody that loves the Lord with all their heart. Perfect love. love, It casts out fear. The Bible says in this tag. There's no fear in love. I know I love the Lord. I know He loves me. I'm not afraid to die. It's all okay. But if you don't love Him, it's not all okay. If you're in love with life, it's not okay because you're trying to hold on to every minute you can. When I let go of this life, man, I'm... I'm getting so much better in this life. I'm ready to go. The Apostle Paul said, Amen, be absent from the body, present with the Lord. I've got a desire to depart and to be with Christ, which is far better. Why? Because he loved him. He loved him. And if you got more down here than you love, than you love up there, no wonder you're afraid to die. There's no fear in love. Perfect love casts out fear. No fear of death. I'm not afraid of hell. Because I've got a love relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. He's already took care of that. Perfect love casts out fear. Well, what is that perfect love? You remember when we read that there in chapter 4 about what perfect love was? Where's that verse? He says in verse number uh, number 14, We've seen and do testify that the Father sent the Son to be the Savior of the world. Verse 10. Here in it, look at Verse 10. Herein is love... Not that we love God, but that He loved us and sent His Son to be a propitiation for us yet. Here is love. This is the love that casts out fear. This is the love that takes away the torment that you're going to go to hell. What is that love? Is it just my heart for God? No, it's the fact that I know He loved me so much to send His Son down here to be the payment that would satisfy the wrath of God. And I've received that love. I've received that payment, that propitiation. And I'm all right. There's no fear of hell. It was already taken care of in that love of God that he shed abroad in me by sending his son to die for me and I took that payment. Have you received that payment? Have you trusted that payment? If you've not trusted that payment, you have no love in your life and you have no... Of course you're going to have fear of death and of course you're going to have fear of hell. Perfected love brings boldness in the day of judgment. He said in our verse here, in 1 John chapter 4, in verse number 18, there's no fear in love, but perfect love casteth out fear, because fear hath torment. He that feareth is not made perfect in love. You say, preacher, does that mean that people that doubt their salvation or that are afraid to die or afraid to go to hell, does that mean all none of them are saved? No, they're, they're saved people. That That's why he's writing this. You ought not be afraid of all that. But he is saying this, He that feareth is not made perfect in love. Perfect, that means you're not mature. You're not complete. Have you ever met somebody that was a child and just everything scared them? They were scared when they didn't need to be scared. They were scared when their daddy was right there. They were scared when there was no problem in the the room. They were too immature to know that they're in a safe place. This world crazy. They have all these safe places. There ain't no safe place in the world. I'll tell you what the safe place is. You snuggle up to Jesus Christ, you'll be in a safe place. People are afraid. They're afraid. And it shows when, when a person doubts their salvation, they're afraid to die. If they've received Christ as their Savior, it shows that lack of maturity. Love has not been made per- perfect in their life. You're still a child in their relationship and understanding with the Lord. I've got to hurry and hasten to the second thing. Not only does perfected love bring boldness in the day of judgment. But he says in our verse, in verse number 18, There is no fear in love. But perfect love casts without fear, because fear hath torment. Fearlessness brings boldness. Now, I'm not talking about unfounded fearlessness. Now, <clears throat> I don't have to be afraid of snakes, especially if I got a gun in my hand. But I'm not stupid either. And uh, you don't have to be afraid of, of things in life, but he's not talking about uh, being ignorant. Fear hath, there's no fear in love. Perfect love casts out fear. Fear hath torment. Some people are not afraid when they should be afraid. If, uh, if you don't know how to drive, you ought to be afraid to get on the road and drive. Because you're going to kill yourself or somebody else. Yeah. Uh, people aren't afraid to sin. That's an unfounded fearlessness. People aren't afraid of God. Now, these verses aren't talking about our fear of God. It's talking about our fear of judgment. The day of judgment. Because Hebrews tells us that we, as his people, are to serve him acceptably with, with reverence and godly fear. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. We're not talking about the fear of the Lord in this passage getting rid of that. If you get rid of the fear of the Lord, you are in danger. He's not talking about that healthy fear of God that's the beginning of wisdom and the beginning of knowledge and that we serve the Lord with fear in our hearts as the Bible tells us, godly fear. He's not talking about that. He's talking about that fear of the day of judgment, that fear of hell, that fear of condemnation, that fear of of the devil, fear of the world. He's talking about those fears, not fear of Him. But how many people in this world, they're not afraid of anything. You know, they used to put those stickers on their car, no fear. Well, I bet when they get the day of judgment, they're going to fear. Right, right. When you stand before God, you'll be afraid. Unless you've been saved by the grace of God. Amen. He says, perfect love casts out fear. Fearlessness. Now, there's a word that we don't like to, to look at in that verse, verse 18. He says, fear hath, what's that word? You, fear hath what? It's in verse 18. Fear hath torment. Do you see that? Torment. I am not, I have boldness that I'm never going to be tormented eternally. You know, there's different kinds of torments. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 11, that great hall of fame of faith, all those people that live by faith. You know what they did to some of those people, the Bible said in the Old Testament? They tormented them. You know, you can be tormented in this life. You know the Bible says all these people that came to Jesus with these diseases and that many of them had devils and all these things. And they came to him in torments, the Bible says. There's a man that came up to Jesus and said, My servant is grievously tormented, it said. And so you can be tormented in life. You, your body can be tormented. You can be tormented with persecutions. So but but this torment is deeper than just having to put up with some physical pain. The torment that he's talking about, look, go all the way to Revelation. We'll read a couple of verses here in the book of Revelation. Revelation chapter 9, the Bible says there's coming a day that there's going to be torments even upon this earth that God's going to unleash. Y'all know that uh, when God takes the church out Of this world. You know what he's going to do? He's going to torment this world. You say well I don't want to go through that. He's telling you how to escape. Come to the love of Christ. Repent of your sin. Get to God. You don't have to be tormented. There's coming a day he's going to torment this whole world. But the church is going to be gone. Those who know Christ. He said in Revelation chapter 9, would you look at verse 1? This is this is in tribulation period when people that are saved are gone. Watch it, verse 1. And the fifth angel sounded, and I saw a star fall from heaven on the earth. And to him was given the key of the bottomless pit. And he opened the bottomless pit, and there rose a smoke out of the pit. Verse 3. And there came out of the smoke locusts upon the earth, and unto them was given power as the scorpions of the earth have power. You know what, what, what they did? Look at verse 5. And to them it was given that they should not kill them, but they, but that they should be tormented five months. And their torment was as the torment of a scorpion when he striketh a man. God is going to open up the bottomless pit when the church is taken out. And for five months, out of the bottomless pit are going to come these devilish creatures that for five months they just go sting people and torment them. You say, you're trying to scare me. If you'll get saved, it'll be a good thing. Amen. Amen. There's a, a day of torment that's coming. I'm not afraid of that day. Because I'll be gone. Amen. Amen. You see that? Perfect love casts out fear. I'm not afraid of that. torment. Fear I torment. I don't have any fear. You know what? I'm not going through it. Amen. He's delivered me from the wrath. I'm not afraid of the tribulation. I'm not afraid of the Antichrist. I'm not afraid of the mark of the beast. Perfect loves cast that out. He said that in chapter 9. By the way, look at chapter 11. Revelation chapter 11, verse 10. Here's some people's torment. The preacher torments some people. Amen, friend. Let's read the Bible. Revelation 11, verse 10. And they that dwell upon the earth shall rejoice over them and make merry... And she'll send gifts one to another. That looks like Christmas. They're having having the best day ever. What what were they so happy about? She'll send gifts one to another because these two prophets tormented them that dwelt on the earth. They were just tormented by those preachers that kept preaching and telling them what God said. I tell you what, brother, sister, friend, that you're here this way. If you're tormented by the preacher, you better check up on your heart. You need some love put down in your heart. Amen, when a prophet or a preacher is preaching against me, I'm just thankful, I'm glad, because I love the truth, and whatever's wrong about me, I want it to be made right. But some people, when they hear preaching, they just feel tormented. You know why? They're on the wrong side of this equation. These prophets that torment them, they say. Look at Revelation 14. Don't y'all love the book of Revelation? I bet most people don't love this part. (laughs) Revelation chapter 14 verse 10. The same shall drink of the wine of the wrath of God, which is poured out without mixture into the cup of indignation, and he shall be tormented with fire and brimstone in the presence of the holy angels and in the presence of the Lamb and the smoke of their torment ascendeth up forever and ever. And they have no rest day nor night. Who worship the beast in his image, and whosoever receiveth the mark of his name. Chapter twenty, Revelation chapter twenty. Bible says in verse number ten, and the devil that deceived them was cast into the lake of in the lake, of and, uh lake of fire and brimstone, where the beast and the false prophet are, and shall be tormented day and night forever and ever. You said God would do that. We said. So that don't seem right. He's always right. Amen. And it was not just the devil. And it's not just the beast, the false prophet. Verse 11, that great white throne. Here's the day of judgment for people that don't know Christ. A great white throne, him that sat on it, from whose face the earth and the heaven fled away. Verse 12, and I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God. The books are open. See, they're going to be judged. Judged out of those things which were written in the books. 14, death and hell were cast in the lake of fire. This is the second death. And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast in the lake of fire. What are they going to do down there? They're going to be tormented. Well, that's an awful word, isn't it? Chapter 21 of Revelation, verse 8. But the fearful, the fearful and unbelieving and the abominable and murderers and whoremongers and sorcerers and adulterers and all liars... Shall have their part in the lake which burnt with fire and brimstone, which is a second death. What are they going to do in fire? What are they going to do in hell? They're going to be tormented. God wouldn't do that. He will do that. Doesn't matter if you believe it or not. But it didn't have to be you. He don't want it to be you. It's not made for you. But if you won't come to his son, if you won't repent of his sin, if you won't come to that perfect love. You ought to be afraid of that torment. The Bible said the rich man died and the beggar died. And the rich man died and in hell he lifted up his eyes. You know what he said? He's in. I'm in torments. Torments. My soul this morning, if there's somebody in this building this day... And you don't know that you're born again. And you have no confidence in the day of judgment. And you don't know where you're going to be, heaven or hell. You don't know what's going to happen after you die. Why don't you get to God and let that love of Jesus Christ through His Son take away that torment. Hell is a place of torment. It isn't worth playing a game over. It's not worth dying going to hell forever and ever. They used to preach on hell and they don't anymore. But it's still real. But God doesn't want you to go there. Why don't you let him cast out that torment won't you let him take it away I don't have fear of torment you know what if I didn't believe in eternal security there's no way I could have I could, I'd, I'd live in fear every day of my life right. don't know if I'm saved lost one day the next day you know what that bible says right here in the same book I, I can know that I have eternal life Jesus said if you come to me he said I'll not cast you out I give unto them eternal life and they shall never perish. Neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. I don't have any torment. I'm not, I'm not, I'm, I'm more afraid, amen, of having my gallbladder out tomorrow than I am dying going to hell. Amen. I'm not, it doesn't cross my mind. Because the fear's gone. It got cast out. Is yours. I give you one thing and I'm done. There's one other thing in this text that will give you boldness in the day of judgment. Perfected love brings boldness. Fearlessness will bring boldness. And then our Bible says here in 1 John chapter 4, it tells us this in verse number 17, 1 John 4, 17. Herein is our love made perfect that we may have boldness in the day of judgment because... this. This ties everything together. If if you've not listened to anything up until this time, if you've been sleeping and snoring, or your stomach's been growling, or you've been counting the tiles on the ceiling, amen, or you've checked out through all this, don't check out right here. He said we have boldness in the day of judgment because, because as He is, so are we in this world. The imputed Christ likeness to sinners brings boldness in the day of judgment. You know what my Bible tells me right here—that you know, as He is, not how He was. As He is talking about Jesus, as He is. How do you think Jesus is right now? You think everything's all right with Him? You think He's holy? You think He's sinless? You think you think all is well up in heaven? He's seated at the right hand of God. That's where He is. You think you think Jesus is afraid that He's going to go to hell and His Father's going to kick Him out of heaven? No! His Father's going to give Him the world! Everything's fine with Jesus as He is. So are we in this world. Can I tell you something this morning? I'm just as saved as Jesus. I'm just as saved. Matter of fact, You know what that Bible says? It says, I was buried with him. I rose with him. It even says, I'm seated with him. You know, when God Almighty looks at me, God the Father looks down from heaven to me, you know who he sees? He sees Jesus. Because my life is hid with Christ in God. You know, Balak took Balaam up there and said, curse these Israelites, curse these people of God. They're wicked. They do all kinds of things wrong. He got up there and he time and time and time again, he couldn't curse them. He couldn't curse them. And Balak didn't understand that. He said, come on, look at them. I'll I'll let you see all the bad things they're doing. And God Almighty spoke through Balaam and said, I have not beheld iniquity in Israel. How is that possible? These people that... Get that murmur and complain and build golden calves and fornicate. Are you listening to me? How could he look down at them and say, I have not beheld. He must have imputed that to them. You know what the word imputed means? Greatest, one of the greatest words in the Bible. It's when you count something to somebody that they don't have it. Can y'all count? Y'all know how to count. You ever had a teller, count the money out for you? You know what the Bible said in Romans chapter 3 and chapter 4? If you'll put faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, He will count it to you for righteousness. You don't have any righteousness. Oh, all your righteousness are a filthy rag. You don't have, you and I don't have anything off God. But God says this, you know, just like I did to Abraham. Abraham looked up there and he believed me and I counted it to him for righteousness. And David believed me and I imputed to him righteousness and I didn't impute his sin to him though he was guilty. And he said, this is what will happen. If you will believe on his son, the same thing can happen to you. Paul said and be found in him not having my own righteousness but the righteousness of God which is by faith. I wonder do you have Jesus? I'm in Christ. Are you in Christ? And be found in him. Guys look here. You, You didn't even know that was in my pocket. You see that? Let me ask you a question. Give where you can see better. Do you know that that pen's got a a broken tip on it? You know what's wrong with that pen? You don't even know if it writes. You can't even see that pen because it's it's in here. Matter of fact, I may have some other things in here you don't know about, and I do, but you can't see them. If you'll come to Jesus Christ, you know what He'll let you do? He'll let you get in Him. And you'll be accepted in the beloved. You'll be in Christ and He'll be in you. And the only thing God Almighty can see from now on for the rest of your life, He'll just see Jesus because He can't see you because you're in Him. Oh, isn't that so much different trying to be religious? Isn't that so much different trying to be moral? If you are not as he is, you better be scared to death of the judgment. Guys, I know you can't tell it. I'm sinless. Not in my daily life, but I'm as far as God the judge is concerned, I'm sinless. You know there's not one sin going into heaven. You do know that, don't you? Not one sin, not one little lie. It's a heavenly place, a godly place, a holy place, a perfect place. Well, then how can we get in? We've got to be in Jesus. We've got to be as He is. And wherever I go, this thing's going with me. Are you in Jesus? As He is, so are we in this world. I'm clothed with His righteousness. I'm buried with Him. I'm risen with Him. I'm in Him. So I have boldness. Because I know the Father... We'll let Jesus into heaven. You got it? Now, who are you in? Are you in Jesus or are you still in your sin? Jesus said this to a bunch of religious people. Where I go, you cannot come. Because you'll die in your sins. You're either in sin or you're in Jesus this morning. Do you have boldness in the day of judgment?